0: Here's the thing, there is one person in charge of how successful, how fulfilled, and how happy you'll be in 2023 and beyond. And that person is you. That's right. I've got some good news though. I want to help coach you into living your greatest year yet for free in my upcoming training. And I'm going to break down the keys to create long lasting change over the next 12 months and beyond. And you can follow through on pursuing your dreams. You can rewrite the story in 2023 and stop living out the same fears and self-doubt that has held you back for years. And you can take a major leap towards multiple areas of your life. But first, you just got to make sure Sure you click the link and show up join me for this upcoming free training the four keys to overcome your fears and achieve your biggest goals by going to lewishouse.com reprogram make sure to click the link to sign up and i can't wait to see you there
1: the limitless model is an explanatory schema a framework for learning anything faster and not only that but really for accessing our human potential Because I think if there's one infinite, limitless resource on planet Earth,
0: it's you. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to today's special episode. Over the last 1,300-plus episodes, there have been so many impactful interviews that I've been lucky enough to have, and I always like to reflect on some of the most powerful. And this episode was one that resonated with most of you guys in the past, and I'm excited for the value it's going to bring you today as well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. You have been impacting so many people's lives over years decades you've been working with massive celebrities massive ceos helping them become limitless in their mind helping them really capitalize on the tool the technology that we all have which is our brain to remembering things more learning things faster accelerating all these things in our lives so that we can maximize the impact we have in our businesses, our careers, our relationships, everything. And I'm so excited you're here. I've been telling you to do a book for five, six, seven years now. You finally got it out. It's called Limitless. Make sure you check this out, upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and unlock your uh, exceptional life. This is going to be amazing. And it's really like three books in one. Um, And there was a model that you give that I think we should start with. There's a method that you give or a model for how to become limitless. And if we don't follow this model, then something's gonna be broken in our life, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, this, this model really is a framework for learning anything faster. So for people who are listening and watching and they wanna learn a language, they wanna learn Mandarin, music, martial arts, management, marketing, anything, math, any anything. skill. I think if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, it's our ability to learn faster. Like, if there was a genie and a genie could grant you any one wish, but only one wish, what would you wish for? If it was only one wish, what would you wish for?
0: It, you know, most people would say money or this or that, but you think learning is the thing? I mean, I think a lot of people would go for... I think being the Matrix, like downloading the Matrix to yeah. so where I could learn Jiu-Jitsu in a second, Exa- if I can learn a language in yeah, a second, if I like, can have this skill. So I think
1: the, the hack a lot of people would do is if it was any one wish, they would wish for more wishes, right? Right, They would ask for infinite wishes. So the equivalent, if I was your learning genie and I could grant you any one wish to learn any subject or any skill, just like become a master at it, equivalent what's the equivalent of the answer of asking for infinite wishes it would be learning how to learn Mm. because if you can learn how to learn the world is yours especially today because nobody who's listening and watching gets paid for their brute strength it's their brain strength it's not your muscle power it's completely your mind power and the challenge is your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual, it's not user friendly, and that's the reason why I wrote this book. But the limitless model is an explanatory schema, a framework for learning anything faster, and not only that, but really for accessing our human potential. Because I think if there's one infinite limitless resource on planet Earth, it's human capability. Mm. There's no limit on our determination, there's no, no limit to our imagination, there's no known limit to our creativity. And yet we're not shown how to be able to access that and so this framework is a three-part framework and what i would offer everyone to do is i love to turn this into a, like a little master class okay. make it really engaging and so don't listen passively because we don't learn through the human brain doesn't learn through consumption it learns through creation and creativity and getting involved in things And i know a lot of us learn faster when we actually roll up our sleeves and do it so I would mm-hmm. encourage everybody as they're working out or cleaning the house or whatever they're doing at the same time to try to get involved in this mm-hmm. well, I think over. as an
0: athlete I can speak to that because for me in school it's really hard to remember or learn things because I didn't feel like I was participating in a way that worked for me but as an athlete playing basketball yeah. when a coach would tell me okay I want you to watch this uh, video and then automatically shoot in a certain way with your hand positioned this way and follow through this way just by watching a video and not actually implementing and practicing it. He would take me out on the court and we would practice it and do it over and over again and he would correct me and mm. I would learn through muscle memory as opposed to just watching something and then thinking I can do it without actually practicing. Right. So putting it into practice quickly for me is how I learned mm. sports and it's how I try to apply it in other areas of my life. As opposed to just I'm gonna learn, and then okay, I know it. I feel like I need to work in it.
1: I feel you get dirty. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I think a lot of people. This is the thing. It's not how smart you are. It's how, it's not literally not how like how smart you are. It's how are you smart? It's not how smart you are or how smart your kids are or how smart your business partner is. It's how are they smart What's the or how di- are you smart.
0: What's the difference?
1: So you are smart through experiential learning. Mm. Like in the book, we oh, talk how about- how are you smart. Exactly. You. Yeah. It's not how smart somebody is, like their IQ or their intelligence. It's how are they smart. And it's always context dependent. And so some people mm. learn, we talk about learning styles in the book. It's like it, Have you ever been interested, just like you were saying, you're interested in a topic, but you're not getting it? Because sometimes the way you prefer to learn is different than the way the teacher prefers to teach, Mm -hmm. and it's like you're two ships in the night, and you pass each other, and you don't even realize there's no connection. You don't even realize the other one is there, Mm. and it feels uncomfortable. Like if I asked everybody as an exercise to take out a piece of paper, I encourage everyone to take notes, because I'm going to drop a lot of like practical methods. Uh, when you're taking, if you were to write your name first and last on a piece of paper, actually you could do it right now, sure. first and last and everyone encourages you to just to do this or imagine you're writing your name first and last mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. And then when you're done, I want you to switch hands and okay. in your opposite hand, right below it, write your first and last <laughs> name with your opposite hand. Probably even know hand. if it take
0: me 10 minutes. And so, so while bad. people are
1: doing it, you'll notice when you're doing it with the opposite hand, as we're doing it, that's actually pretty good that yeah. if I was to ask you which one is the which one was easier, first or second, and you would say the first was easier. Mm-hmm. Which one is is uh, more comfortable, first or last? The first one? The first one. So not only was it faster, it was easier. And then which one was higher quality? Let's check that out. This the, now, the hopefully first one the, the first hopefully, first one hopefully sure. the first one's higher quality also yes. as well. And so here's the thing. That means the second time it took longer. The second time it also was not as comfortable, yeah. and the second time also the quality wasn't quite as good. Correct. And here's the thing when I'm saying it's how you learn, some people are trying to learn something with the opposite hand. So mm. it takes longer, it feels weird, and the quality is not quite as good as opposed to if you're using your dominant hand. So, how do
0: we know how to learn with our dominant hand as opposed to the opposite hand?
1: Yeah, and that's a metaphor for how we like to take yeah. in information. Some people like to learn by reading some people they just cannot get through a book though they have to listen to that audio mm-hmm. or that podcast other people or watch to... someone
0: lecturing it or talking exactly
1: about it, yeah. and so we all have different styles and it's not right or wrong now we can actually improve our ability to read we actually can improve our ability to listen and apply so if there are areas where we feel weak you know this book is a guide a guidebook to be able to level up those areas mm-hmm. so you can be more of a whole brain learner also as well but really when it comes to accelerated learning, it's not again, how smart you are, it's how are you smart. And yeah. that honors us and it takes the judgment out. Sometimes in school, it's like the top 10% get A's, another 10% get B's, and then 80% were like you and I. It's like, right. it's, like we're, it's like we're failing school as opposed to the way school maybe is failing us uh-huh. because school teaches you what to learn, what to focus on, what to think, what to remember, but not how to learn mm-hmm. and how to think. Well, it teaches you how, how to, to focus. think and
0: learn in one way.
1: Exca- exactly, and when, when I talk about in the book, I talk about the, the the four super villains that are holding you back in your work, in your schooling, in your life, is driven by technology, but one of them is digital deduction, where we're, where we're depending on technology to tell us what to think. We're not even using the children right now they're finding that their reasoning abilities, their ability to analyze, critical thinking, is not as sharp as mm. where it should be because because of technology, because technology is doing the thinking for us. And our mind, I'm going to say this repeatedly, is like a muscle. It's use it or lose it. Mm. And just like when you go, you have your personal trainer to make your muscles stronger, more energized, more flexible, more pliable. Um, you know, more. You want your mental muscles to be stronger, more energized, more pliable, more more flexible. Yeah. Of course. And so uh, many people refer to me as a brain coach because what I do is I, I train your brain because I think we're in the millennium of the mind. I mean, it's really about mental fitness, our ability to adapt, our <coughs> ability to think, our ability to solve problems. And this really is everything. When people see me wearing brain shirts, all the time or pointing to my brain the reason why i do that is because what you see you take care of you see your hair you take care of your hair you see your skin you take care of your skin you see your clothing you take care of your clothing you don't see your brain exactly and that controls everything and so when i point to the brain or honor it with their shirts it's just like people have their emotions on their sleeve you know i have my brain on my chest because right. i want to put it forefront <clears throat> to remind people to love their brain mm. to care for their brain
0: yeah i think it's i mean that's why a lot of people, uh, doctors and nutritionists are talking about gut health. It's like we can't see it, but yeah. we can start to feel rashes or we can start to feel the effects of it. I think it's also heart health is a big thing right now. It's just it's like the emotional health, mm-hmm. self-care, self-love, you know, mental health and, and emotional health kind and, of tie and together.
1: I, and I love your work because you bring that to, to mm. everybody, to the world and it's all connected i talk about it in the book you know there's this heart intelligence and also your your gut as you mentioned a lot of people call it your second brain mm. it's the second highest concentration of, of, of nerve cells really and so and it, there's and it's connected too and and sometimes your what you eat affects what how you think mm. we know that because of the guests of we've had on our shows and everything else that when you eat junk food which is not It's not really a thing. There's junk and then there's there's food. (laughs) There's sugar and there's food. Exactly, and what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. I remember in our previous episode we did years ago, I showed people how to memorize the brain foods and and all of the best neuroprotective. this area of neuronutrition. It's really fascinating that your brain has different nutritional requirements than than the the rest of your body but I'm going back to the limitless model. Yep. There are three <laughs> keys to reaching your goals, and this is my distinction here, because originally, I remember years ago when you prompted me to write this book, you're like, mm-hmm. Jim, you know, it's been you know, over two decades. You've got to do you, something. You put something in this book, and um, so because you know, fundamentally, I'm a reading teacher, mm-hmm. and I, you know, somebody has decades, why I love reading, if somebody has decades of experience, and they put it into a book like you, and all of a sudden people could read that book in a few days, they could download decades in the days mm-hmm. and readers are leaders, we know that. Reading is to your mind what exercises your body, it's the mm. best mental fitness. And so the limitless model as an exercise, what I want everyone to do, so it's not hypothetical, because in part of the book I demystify the, three, the seven lies of learning. There are seven lies that hold you back to learning and one of them is knowledge is power. We hear that all the time, I've even said it also as well, but when we think about it, is it really true? right is knowledge just knowing something give you power no not unless you act on it not mm-hmm. unless you apply it so yeah. knowledge times action equals equals power and so i would encourage everybody as you're listening to this to take immediate action and there are three questions i want you to ask as you're listening to this episode to make it very valuable and i would encourage you to write these down three master questions um, you know we were talking about some of the um, famous actors that i work on mm-hmm. before we started filming and uh... We we're you know, Will Smith did the cover endorsement of the book that says, you know, Jim Quick, you know, it gets the maximum out of me as a human being. I've learned so much from this this man, just being around, mm. so many around, around clients. Yeah. And What have you learned from Will? So one, one of the things is this, this idea of, We were in uh, Toronto, and I help actors speed read scripts, help them to memorize their lines faster. I mean, you imagine like 30 pages of scripts, there's a lot of information. can't remember a sentence. There's a lot, right? (laughs) And some of them have their strategies, and, and no matter how great somebody is, you know this because you stu- you make you know your life about studying and researching greatness. Mm-hmm. It's they always know there's another level, yes. and they get really good at the fundamentals and the basics. But one of the things when we're when we there, we spent the day together, and it was winter time in Toronto. They were filming from six p.m. to six a.m. Which can you imagine? Like it's so hard, like overnight. Th- that's very difficult. But during the day, I, I went. We went through an exercise, and I believe. So in there, I talk about how we have fifty to seventy thousand thoughts a day right and these thoughts are controlling our lives and a lot of those thoughts are questions that we ask ourselves you know thinking is that process of asking and answering questions mm-hmm. and if people are asking is that true notice you had to ask a question to define if it's true or right, not right, right. and there's certain questions we ask more than any other question like so so here's the thing <clears throat> i talk about dominant questions that you have one two three questions that you ask a lot of, and i want everyone to think about what your dominant questions are including you. And I'll give okay. you a couple of examples to get you started. So for example, I t- uh, one of my friends, we went through this exercise of, of meditating and, and writing journaling down. We found out her dominant question is, how do I get people to like me? How do I get people to like me? Now she asked that question all the time and you don't know anything about her. You don't know her age, you don't know her background, you don't know what she does for a living, you don't know what she looks like, you know where she lives, you don't know anything about her, but you know a lot about her. Mm. If you asked yourself, how do I get people to like me? Hundreds of times a day. What, what's her personality? What's her personality gonna be like? What's her life gonna? Deal
0: uh, well, with? I guess it could be, it could be either side of the spectrum. She could be super outgoing and super adventurous to try to get people to be more attracted to her, or yeah. she could be super shy and. Introverted because she's so worried about what people think about her. Yeah. So that's the first thing I thought of, but I'm yeah. not sure if that's true. And
1: it's absolutely true. She actually does both of those things. Really. I mean, if you ask yourself, "How do I get people to like me?" Then what are you doing? You're people pleasing all yeah, the time. Course. You're you're a sycophant. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, you saying yes to everything. Yeah. You're- you people take advantage of you because you're martyring yourself because mm-hmm. they're always trying to you know they're making themselves less than, or, uh, or their, their personality is never consistent because their personality changes. The chameleon, the, the exact, change for people. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, all that about her and you only know one question she asks herself yeah. and that's one of her dominant questions. I would, I would offer everybody who's listening to this, what do you think your dominant question is? Because questions are the answer. You know this from the work Mm -hmm. that you do in in high performance and and greatness, that the questions you ask determine what you focus on. You have part of your brain called the reticular activating system, RAS for short, and it's your filtering system. So at any given time, there's a billion stimuli that we could be paying attention to. And primarily, your brain is a deletion device. It's trying to keep information Mm -hmm. out. Otherwise, you would go crazy, right, if you paid attention to everything. (laughs) So what gets in? So for example, years ago, my, my little sister, started sending me emails and postcards and pictures and photograph of a very specific kind of dog. It was a, a pug dog. You know those Cute little, little dogs. exactly. and black dog, right? Yes, exactly. Very smushy faces. They're very compliant. You could dress them up as ballerinas and they don't, <laughs> they don't care. And and she starts, and I didn't know why. So my question was like, why is she sending me these pictures all the time? That became a, a dominant question of the day. And then uh, I realized her birthday was coming up. So she's, mm. a, she's a smart marketer, right? <laughs> yeah. Planting those seeds. And here's the magic though. I started seeing pug dogs, Louis, everywhere. everywhere. I would go to the grocery store. I'd be checking out, and I swear to you, a woman's carrying a pug dog at the register. I would be running and jogging in my neighborhood, and somebody's walking six pug dogs. Wow. Now, my question for everybody is, where, where, where did these pug dogs magically appear all of a sudden in the world? No, they were always there, but they were not, I wasn't paying attention to them because Mm -hmm. they weren't important because I wasn't asking that question. Once you ask a question, you start to pay attention to those things and that focus determines how you feel, determines your behaviors. And primarily, it's so interesting, it's kind of like social media. There's an algorithm to your mind, like Mm. there's an algorithm to Facebook and Instagram, that what you engage with the most, you like and you share, you comment, you start seeing more of those kind of things, right? And so just like your mind, what you start engaging with, if you start watching all this news about fear and all the things that are going on, you start paying attention, and your mind just starts
0: focusing automatically. It becomes a a reaction, a, a reflex. And you start to attract more of the fear and anxiety or worry that's in the world being posted.
1: Very much so. You so start I, to
0: subscribe to whatever that is to receive more of it.
1: Exactly. You're thinking about so it, just yeah. like on social media, if you start just liking all the cat stuff and everything else, they'll just start feeding you cat stuff. Right. And same thing with negativity and same thing with opportunity mm-hmm. also as well. So the questions make a difference. So
0: questions are the answer. What are the two questions you've been, that are dominant in your mind yeah. over the last five years the most? Yeah.
1: So for learning,
0: because I grew up with the broken brain, many
1: mm-hmm. people know my, my story from the last episode when they see me do these demonstrations at Summit Series or it's,
0: uh, you know, events you and I have- Remembering s- a thousand per people's names, right? In like 10 all minutes, all of that kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah.
1: I say that I don't do this to impress you, I do this to express to you what's possible. Because the truth is we could all do that and a whole lot more, yeah. we just weren't taught. Yeah. If anything, we we're taught a lie that somehow our intelligence is fixed, like our shoe size. But I do it as a demonstration because I grew up with learning difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. I had my brain injury when I was five, I fell, had a very bad fall when I was in kindergarten. Um, Rushed to the hospital before I was curious and very energized my parents would say but then I became very shut down And my superpower growing up was being invisible. It was shrinking because I didn't want the spotlight I didn't want to be called on so I was literally physiologically I was always trying to look smaller to protect myself So teachers would not call on me or I wouldn't be bullied or something like that and I would do that as well, except for I was just a giant in the class, so I right, right. knew how to do that, I, so I was I always would,
0: picked on. So
1: for me, I would actually be sitting behind you, <laughs> yeah. and I would, I, would, I would be guaranteed no one would be exactly. able to see me. But going back to my, my question, my question became all the time, first of all, when I was nine years old, I was slowing the class down, and a teacher pointed to me and said, that's the boy with the broken brain, mm. and that label became my limit. And so we have, they think about when you're listening to this, what are the labels that we put on ourselves? It's like we're not born. We're born with a blank slate, right? But through experience, through expectations of other people, um, through our environment, we learned that we are limited. Yeah. And the good news is we can unlearn it, and yeah. that's 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 the point of the book. But because I was in the broken state, I would always ask myself, you know, you know, why am I why why am I broken? Why am I the stupid one? And I started getting answers of why I'm so stupid, right? I would, every time I did badly on a test, I would be like, oh, because I have the broken brain. Right, if I was in pick in sports, I'd be like, oh, because I'm the broken one. And that became my self-talk.
0: One of the most exciting things about a new year is you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From travel experiences to picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks In other language Learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. In addition to Babbel's lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. And I've always had the goal of becoming fluent in Spanish, and if you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard me mention this goal before. So let me tell you, learning a new language is challenging, so it's been great Trying a new approach with Babbel, it's helped build my confidence to practice my Spanish with my girlfriend Martha and her family. And right now, get up to 55 off your subscription when you go to babbel.com/greatness. That's babbel.com/greatness for up to 55 off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this too, in person or on the phone with your local agent, or on statefarm.com, where their award-winning app, State Farm, lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: Adults have to be very careful with their external words because they become a child's internal words. But mm. later, I mm. started to get so frustrated. I started asking, getting curious. And when you're curious, you start to ask different questions. I was like, why Why is that person so, why, why are, they, are they so smart? And how come I'm studying three times harder and getting Mm -hmm. less grades than than them, right? And I started getting answers. My primary question started, my dominant question ended up being like, how do I make this better? But the three questions that I focus on, and uh, let me tell you first what Will's is, Will Smith's, one of his dominant questions when we went through this exercise is, how do I make this moment even more magical? Mm. How do I make this moment even more magical? It used to be, how do I make- every moment
0: or like an acting this moment, moment? This moment, no, in no, moment. Any moment, wow. like, and, and it shows up,
1: right, in his, in his life. Because later that night when we're filming, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and his family, we're, we're all outside for the superhero movie that many people know of, and it was, it was really cold, because it was in Toronto, and it was, it was winter time, and we're all just waiting and just waiting and waiting and waiting. Because people think that, and you meet all these people all the time on your show, mm-hmm. and, and you, they think it's so glamorous. No, hurry w- up and wait. Exactly, yeah. and, I, and I asked him this question because I believe genius leaves clues. I was like, you know, how do you, how do you prepare? How do you get ready when the director, you're just sitting here for hours and then the director calls on you. How do you get ready? And he was like, Jim, I don't have to get ready. I stay ready. <laughs> good and I'm line. like, wow, that's, it's good to be Will Smith. <laughs> it's hard to
0: stay ready for six hours of yeah, Exactly. No?
1: But that's just who he is. Because mm. I believe the life you live are the lessons you teach. Mm. The life you live mm. are the lessons you teach others. Yeah. But going back to his dominant question, his family was there also at the same time visiting the set. And... Um, you know from West Philly you know you know you know the song yes. and we're all outside and shivering and when he wasn't shooting he would he would bring us blankets he would make hot chocolate and bring it to us he would crack jokes he would live that that dominant question because the life he lives, he, like, how do I make this moment even more magical? Now you, uh, before it was like, how do I make this moment magical? Then we, we played with it like even more magical, mm. presuming it is already magical right. and amazing. And so these questions we ask are very important. Now there are three questions when I said there's turning knowledge into power that I want everyone to obsess about. I mean, this will make you a master. Okay. And if you get it, this is it. Three questions to turn knowledge into power because knowledge alone is potential power. Number one, how can I use this? When you're listening to this podcast moving forward, uh, every time you listen to it, I want you to ask yourself, "How can I use this?" Get obsessed about this. Mm-hmm. Like even write it down. And this is where your mind can be very creative. Because in here, I teach the power of uh, note taking. Because people don't realize this: when you listen to a podcast or you go to you know a summit or an event, or have a great conversation with somebody, within two days. 80% of it is gone, mm. we forget it. They call it the forgetting curve. And one of the ways to retain it is to, by taking notes, exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Now I encourage people to take notes a very specific way is to take, put a line right down the page okay. and on the left side of the page, I want you to take notes and on the right side, I want you to make notes. So on the left side of the page, you're taking notes. You're you're so capturing list the right. You're capturing quotes, information. Uh, yeah. You're like this is how Jim remembers name. This is how Jim reads a you know a book a day or whatever it is. So you're on the left side. You're capturing, but on the right side, you're creating. Now that's a subtle difference. On the left side, you're note taking. On the right side, you're note making. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Again, on the left side, you're taking notes. You're writing down the quotes and the strategies, the processes. But on your right side what you're doing the right side creativity instead of your mind being distracted when you're listening have it be distracted on focused on how can i use this on the right side is where you're writing your impressions of what you're learning how can i use this another Mm -hmm. great question second dominant question i would ask is not only how can i use it because you come up with all these answers just like I see, you start seeing pug dogs everywhere. It's like, oh, I, this is how I could use this in my relationship. This is how I could use it you know, in my career. Second question I would ask is, why must I use this? Why must I use this? You know, We know uh, one of the uh, people that endorsed my book, he's on your show, is Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And okay. you know, one of my favorite books, I'm gonna mention a lot of books, including your own, Start with, you know, his is Start With Why, yeah. right? And so why must I use this? So once you have all these ideas of how can I use this, Why must I use this? Because if you don't have the reasons, you won't get the results. Right, you won't care enough about it. Exactly, reasons reap results. I'm gonna give a lot of people a lot of quickisms here. Because it goes from your head, to your heart, to your hands. You could affirm things in your head all day, set goals in your head all day, but if you're not acting with your hands, you're procrastinating, putting things off, check in with your second age, which is your heart, which are the emotions, right? Because we are Mm. not logical, we are biological dopamine, mm. oxytocin, serotonin, That's endorphins, good. these this chemical soup drives us to act. Just like people don't buy logically, they don't fall in love logically, they do these things emotionally. So find your emotions. And in this book, we, do, we really uncover and I decode motivation. Mm. Not motivation getting hyped up and dancing on chairs and then the next day not changing. We figured out this formula of sustainable motivation mm. in, in this book. But the second question is, go back to, why must I use this? Because if you don't have the why, you won't do the what. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the third question. First question, how can I use this? Write all the answers down, think about that. Second question, why must I use it? Gives you the energy and the fuel and the drive to do it. And finally, when will I use this? Mm -hmm. When will I use this? Because we know that one of the most important performance productivity tools that we have is our calendar. Yeah. Right. If it's not in our calendar, we it just get doesn't it done. get done. Yeah. How many people will go? You put doctor's appointments there. You put, you know, PTA meetings, you put meetings with your investor there. But are you are you scheduling your, your workout? Are you scheduling your meditation time? Mm-hmm. Are you scheduling your journal or your white space just so you can be a creative thinker? And if we don't write it down, it comes at the end. And then you just. You know, you never get to it. And so those are the three dominant questions that you want to ask to take knowledge and turn them into power. So as you're going through this, ask those questions, you'll get better answers and you'll learn
0: it deeper. It'll deepen into your nervous system so much more. What are the, and what are the two questions you ask yourself beyond this that have been dominant in in the last few years for you? So I would say, um, personally. personally, okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so these, these, this is yeah, interesting. Yeah. In the book, for the first time, I re- really reveal like one of my kryptonites. Gro- growing up, I had my two challenges, um, which were learning and public speaking, uh-huh. because I was always shrinking. If I was called to do a book report, like I would, I would get nauseous. Like I, I would, I would, my heart would be down in my chest. I'd be perspiring, and I would just lie and just say I didn't do the book report, yeah, yeah. even if I spent weeks on it. And so it's interesting that learning and public speaking were my Challenges but now you your master of public speaking you speak because that's of- what I that's what I do And so it's interesting the light, the universe has a sense of humor because <laughs> all I do is public speak yes. on this thing called learning um, one of the things that I reveal in the book is one of my challenges as you've known for ten years yeah. has been sleep and
0: uh, for, you Sleep like two hours a night on for average for the first
1: five years of those ten years It was it was about 90 minutes to two hours very interrupted not even solid and I later found out I got diagnosed. I did a sleep study because I was misdiagnosed, but I got I did a thorough overnight study, and I have very severe sleep apnea, mm-hmm. um, which means I stop breathing over 210 times a night, and each time. Is at least ten seconds. What is sleep apnea caused by? So sleep apnea for me it's obstructive sleep apnea, and so physical. It was it it's was not obstructive. Mental or no,
0: my mind. Emotional
1: or... I've meditated for more than half of my life, so I fall asleep within four minutes. Wow, like so very... you can fall asleep quick. Yeah, you like, can't stay. Like I asleep. don't ruminate. I'm not thinking about things because anxiety I have that... or worry. No, because I you and, as you and I have, we've done the practice that, yeah. right, so I can fall asleep fine. But what happens is the airway gets shut down. And so I had a surgery five years into it um, after I was diagnosed. I, I realized, yeah. yeah it, and was, it helped it was, a little
0: bit, I think you said. It like-
1: did, it did, it did. It, did. it, was, it made a marked difference. You know, it took me up to about four hours, wow. and, um, which is not a lot, but it was a big difference for me. You know, I later found out I had my parents tested, my siblings tested, they all have obstructive sleep apnea. So I went through a very painful procedure down the street at UCLA, head of throat. They um, they cut out my uvula, my ah. soft palate, my tonsils, so more cut airway, out. so that was more space. airway created so ah, that I could man. breathe easier. Because I was using a CPAP and a dental device, all these things, but nothing was really moving the needle. That happened, but um, and it's tough because when, when I say 240, Plus times a night. That's like doctors were like, no wonder you can't sleep. Somebody's coming in and, and imagine someone putting a pillow on your face two hundred times a oh night, my gosh. and you wake up suffocating. So I'd wake up nine to fourteen times at least a night over a quarter. You know, I'd only get about two hours. So I never get the deep sleep, which helps with your bo- your body recovery. How are you able to function
0: are able to, here, like, get out and memorize everything well, and that, speak in front of everyone? Yeah,
1: and so nobody knew I was struggling with that only intimate group of friends yes. that I was, you know, relying on for emotional encouragement and support, which we all need. But I, I found out that, I mean, that's why this book actually took longer. I didn't want to put out the book unless I could really dedicate full resources yeah. into it and then be able to do book signings and tours sure. and all of that. And so that was one of the things that delayed it. But I realized just like with my learning and my public speaking, one of the questions I ask is, what's besides, okay, my two questions, how do I make this better, uh-huh. right, because I'm, I'm obsessed with fixing these things, that's a, yep. like, I ask it all the time, how can I do this better, how can I do this better, you know, who can I learn from? With everything it in your life. With
0: everything. How can I make them sleep
1: better, my ex- relationship ex- exa- better, exactly. my health better,
0: my brain my better. Thing, how do I, how, I mean, how, do I, how
1: do I help reach more people? I'm always thinking about how do I make it better, and the second thing is when I go through challenges like sleep, every single day, it's like, You know, it could be like, here we go again. It's not a pleasant, where most people look forward to sleeping and resting. You know, even if I'm exhausted, I couldn't get that recovery, right? So that's why, you know, I have a float tank and all these recovery devices and I meditate. Meditation twice a day changed my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like those kind of things, but nothing replaces sleep. But the other question I started asking besides how can I make this better is what's, what's the gift in this? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the gift in going through this and I started just like magic questions give you magic answers That help you become limitless because some people are asking very poor questions that limit them. Mm. Why am I so stupid? You know, why can I never learn this and like oh here are all the reasons why you can't learn this You know, why can't I learn Spanish? Why can't I learn how to dance like everybody else or whatever? They start getting answers and those answers aren't empowering as opposed Mm -hmm. to how can I learn this in a a fun, enjoyable way? How can I make this more enjoyable? How can I simplify this? Those are more empowering questions. So my questions, two questions to answer your question. Mm -hmm. How can I make this better? And when I'm going through challenges, where's the gift in this? And I noticed I started getting answers because Hmm. a few gifts. Number one, when it came to my sleep, number one, i got really good at what i teach like i could roll out of bed and have this conversation with anybody because it, yeah. this is what i live because all like you know when people see the tens of millions of views on my morning routine and everything else like that that we've talked about you know in prior episode like 10 things i do to jumpstart my brain every morning it's because i just that's what i do every morning because it forced me to do what i talk about because otherwise i wouldn't be able to survive what? right and i also know field tested for 28 years of working with children with ADD, learning challenges, dyslexia, to you know, elderly. You know, I, I lost, I lost my grandmother. So my, my parents immigrated here. You know, my dad was thirteen. He he lost both his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pure, very below poverty, um, very harsh conditions. And so when he came here, he lived with his aunt because they couldn't afford to to, to feed to feed him. And so we grew up very, you know, not very a lot of external resources. There was a lot of love there Mm -hmm. because when you lose, Now, now see how he learned his questions, like I grew up hearing this phrase, family is most important, family is most important, family is yeah, most important. Because when you lose
0: something, exactly.
1: it becomes important to you. And then and then you're, you guys start asking questions about how do I make the, you know, how do I do this for the family, preserve how it. How do people feel safe, connected, loved. Exactly. So yeah. a lot of our questions, just like mine, how can I make this better because I had these learning challenges, came from my challenges. Right. right? From pain. From pain. Comfort, yeah. So he lost... I mean, imagine losing your parents when you're thirteen years That's old, tough. right? And then moving to a foreign country, not speaking the language, and leaving your younger brother and sister behind, um, and they laid, passed away, you yeah. know, early right. because of the conditions. So you make you prioritize family above everything. Yeah. So a big part of my values are love, growth, contribution, adventure, mm-hmm. because you know I would do anything for my family and my sure. friends because I grew up in that environment. You know, so we didn't have money, we didn't have connections, we didn't have they didn't have education, they didn't. Be, they be like you that but they but they were they're really good people yeah you know and so they are my role models they are my original superheroes yeah. you know my, my mother like you know we, we grew up in the they had many jobs you know and my, we grew up in the family grew up in the back of a, a laundromat that my mother worked at mm-hmm. um and it was you know it was it was it was, it was it was it was it was difficult to say the least but I think through adversity comes an advantage mm-hmm. you know like the person that the person that falls and gets up is so much stronger than the person who never falls, you know, that is just given just everything, you know? And so if you have to be able to work for it, you build those, you build those muscles. Um, but because they had so many jobs, my, my great aunt who I call the grandmother, um, raised, raised me. Um, she was my caregiver. But when I was going through my learning challenges, she was going through dementia Mm. and early stages of Alzheimer's. And so we lost her to Alzheimer's, Mm. but to watch, you know, to go bring her when she's bedridden soup or anything, and then she calls me, you know, by by my brother's name name or says something that she just said 30 seconds ago. It's really tough. And so that leaves an impression, but that led me to, you know, be interested in in memory at that age, because you're very impressionable. And I've been called the boy with a broken brain. All that was going on at the same time. Yeah. Right? So I spent a lot of time with, in nursing homes, helping them polish off their memories, but also you know, hearing their stories because there's so much wisdom that's, that's, that's there. What's
0: the greatest lessons you've learned from your parents and family? So um, the dominant
1: question, my dad. you know, when we're talking about making family important and valuing it, um, they, they weren't extraordinary. You know, they don't have the most money or the most greatest health, they're not spiritual or anything, but they're just hardworking people who are mm-hmm. kind. And so I would say hard work for my dad like I, we would. By the time I was nine, I was pushing a lawnmower and shoveling and doing that in my neighborhood to earn extra money. But every time I would, I don't know, how to talk about this. Like, I, I, there was like, like I was like, I was trying to do all this because I have like these allergies. I was like, it's really hard in the summer to put, mow lawns and stuff. <laughs> and Where was this? When what then, city? So I grew up outside New York City yeah. in Westchester, New York, which okay. is the home of the X Men, which is the sure. story of how I ended up working with the cast of the X Men because. The school was there, yeah. and at nine years old, I used to, when I read in the comic books, I taught myself how to read, by reading comic books, the stories brought a hope mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. So I would escape in my imagination because my reality wasn't, wasn't very comfortable. Right. But I would ride my bicycle, I found out the school for the X-Men, because they're not the strongest, they just didn't fit in, and I felt yeah, like right. I didn't fit in, in school. And so I used to ride my bicycle around my neighborhood, because that's where in the comic books where this Professor X's school was. Mm-hmm. So I used to look for it on the weekends really? cuz I wanted to that's find cool. my superpowers, I wanted to find my super friends, where I fit in somewhere.
0: So the city that uh, the school, what's it called? The school the, for X-men yeah, it's What's it called? The, school in, the, the School of the Gifted. School of the Gifted? It's the X-Men school. Was it actually in the city you grew up it's in? It's in my neighborhood. It's no in Westchester, way. New York. That's where it says yeah. in the comic books. Yeah,
1: exactly. Wow. And so I used to, when I read that. That's crazy. I, I taught myself how to read by reading comics late at night when my parents thought I was sleeping. <laughs> I'd be under the covers because I would want to escape yeah. into that world because that was much, you know, my, my, my external world was very harsh. Yeah. But what I learned from my parents was even when I was mowing the lawn, that quality matters, meaning that my dad, I would say like, why do I have to mm-hmm. mow like behind this sign or behind this yeah. rock? Like, cause no one could see that. Or perfect lines. Exactly, or, yeah. exactly. Like, I like, nobody could see that. And you know, like, why do I have to do that? But he was like, you know, you know, you know it's there. And then how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the discipline was hard work and family most important was, so that that became values for, mm-hmm. for my dad. My, my, my mom. My, my mom is the kindest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, she had similar story where she lost her mom before she was married and, mm-hmm. and everything, and just you know, losing that also gave her the value of family is most important. Mm-hmm. And you know, when my, I have a brother and sister, and um, and there was so much love from from her. She 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 did everything. So kindness yeah. and and discipline and hard work is is
0: what I got from my my parents. Um, wow. included, But you don't take yada yada in life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. It's
1: one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, so that was my, my advantage because I won the lottery there. Yeah, You know, we didn't have the-, the With love the, the, and
0: connection and family. Very much yeah. so, and
1: it molded my values now. And so going back to like, these these the power of questions I would ask everybody to reflect on your questions that you're asking yourself on a mm-hmm. regular basis because the second gift I got out of lack of sleep first of it was doubling down on everything I teach so I could be productive because I'm still you know very efficient and flying yeah. all over the world um, teaching and you know I'm live in front of 200,000 people you know when you have a phobia you know, a phobia of public speaking <laughs> you know and your energy and I'm a very introverted you know' very yeah, yeah. introverted I was having this conversation with Simon Sinek and uh, Susan Kane about introverts who wrote quiet um, which is the power of introverts in a very loud kind of society and susan explains introverts as someone who wakes up every morning with five gold coins Mm -hmm. energy coins but every time they interact with somebody they give up one of their coins to that person and then once their coins are gone they have to like go back and be like you know recharge but extroverts are different they wake up with no gold coins no energy coins and every they have to interact with people and to then gain they gain coins. energy That's me. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm <laughs> my girlfriend's the opposite. She really? wants to be at
0: home all day. She doesn't want to see anybody. She just wants to focus on with her family only. Yes. Work out, eat clean, like learn her stuff.
1: And that and that's me because that's where I yeah. recharge. But I do my my passion is learning. Right? I love I love learning now because it wasn't when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I love to learn. But my purpose, you know, so learn again, your passion is what lights you up. Mm -hmm. Learning lights me up. And your purpose is how you light other people up. Mm -hmm. My passion is teaching other people how to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's really my mission because I grew up with a broken brain is I want to build better, brighter brains. And everybody has this genius inside of them, regardless of their age, their background, their career, gender, none of that matters. What matters is choice. I start the book with this quote from this French philosopher saying that life, you'll love this. Life is the C between the B and the D. Life is the C between the B and the D. And people listening thinking this guy speaks in tongues. So He's like, code. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a hint. What's B, the B and D? B is birth. Uh, and D is death. Dith. So, what's life? It's the C? Choice. Uh, wow. Like, let that sink in. That's good. Life is the C between the B and the D and see his choice. Life is all about choices, because we are, mm. you are sitting here right now, the sum total of all the choices you've made that's up true. to this point. That's true, that's true. And I'm saying like everyone, you know, who you gonna date, where you gonna date? Yeah. Where are you gonna live?
0: Isn't what it crazy that you could be, uh, you know, you could be making all the right choices your entire life and make one wrong choice and set you in a prison, yeah. or make you go bankrupt, or whatever, fill the Or in the opposite. Right. You can make all the wrong choices and And make make one one right choice to set you
1: on a path of greatness. Because one step, if you're going this way, here to here, and you take one step in another direction, it completely changes your destination and your destiny. So the good news is, yeah, you could make one choice that takes you off off tangent, but one choice or the Mm -hmm. right about who you're going to spend time with. What are you going to eat today? You know, whether you're going to move today, if you're going to listen to this podcast, if you're going to look at, if you're going to focus on crisis and, and all the, the terrible things in life, or are you going to focus on, like, wow, how people are stepping up and how they're doing other things? But the second thing I yeah. learned besides how to my sleep, doubling down on skills and capabilities, you know, I always tell people don't downgrade your dreams to fit your current reality. Upgrade your mindset, mm-hmm. your motivation, your methodology to really meet your, 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 your destiny, the yeah. things that you want most in life. So, How important are skills? So important. Acquiring new skills at any level. Absolutely critical, absolutely yeah. critical. Yeah. Even coming back to the second gift I got from lack of sleep, the second gift besides doubling down on all my skills was protecting my time. Okay, so here, here's something. When you have mm-hmm. a finite amount of energy and you only slept two hours or three hours or four hours last night, you don't overcommit. And I find one of the things that drains energy from people that makes them stressed out of their mind is they are saying yes to way too many things. And Mm -hmm. when you lack sleep every single day and you're exhausted, you only do the things that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you don't have the luxury of saying, like right now, there's nowhere else I'd rather be, no one else I'd rather be with than right here with Mm -hmm. you. And there's a power in that. So whether I got three hours of sleep last night or got off a plane last night, or I'm still doing this, with focus, with energy. It's because I made the decision to do this Mm -hmm. and everything, as you've heard, everything is like heaven yes or heaven no, right? Like if you don't feel completely like yes, then you say no. And here's the thing, a lot of people feel they're burnt out because they're doing too much. I don't think you're burnt out because most people are burnt out because you're doing too much. I think you're doing too little of the things that make you feel alive. Mm. You're doing too little of the things that really matter in your life. And so You're saying yes to things that don't matter. Exactly. So the second gift I got out of years of not sleeping was... You, you said no to everything. Yeah, Exactly. And I only do the things that are important because... One of the lessons I got from spending time with elderly, because I lost my grandmother and I spent all the time in senior centers and nursing homes and training them and, and helping with them, the gift I got back, I always get a gift back from working with anybody, is I heard stories and mm-hmm. so much wisdom of generations that have gone through, you know, like real hardship, right? I mean, our lives compared to theirs is, mm-hmm. you know, now is it's, it, there's no comparison. Yep. But one of the things I do hear because I do believe genius leaves clues. And when, so when I, somebody asks me what's the definition of genius, I don't think it's IQ. It's not this number that you test at eight years old and that's your number when you're 88 years old. You know, I, I demystify you know, IQ and everything else in this book that everybody can learn to be better in all these areas interpersonally, mm-hmm. you know, with their focus, with their memory, everything. One of the things that, I, that I've learned is that um, with working with these seniors is that, you know, there's a lot of a regret at that place mm-hmm. when you're at when you're taking your final breaths you know my definition of genius is pattern recognition that you could see patterns like you know someone who's <laughs> you know a genius at greatness you see patterns in what yeah. you know everybody who sits across from you you see like they're doing certain similar things certain right. habits certain mindsets certain certain drives or they're eating a certain way there's a commonality with mm-hmm. that and so I believe genius leaves clues and genius is, is could be built, not born, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of, yeah. of my training. But the other thing I learned from these, these seniors is these regrets, they come out, and the biggest regret always is that somehow they lessened or limited their life because of other people's expectations, because uh, they were fearful of other people's opinions about them, they didn't date that person or marry that person because of what society would think, or they started a career because their parents wanted them and expected wow. them to do that. And, and I'm here to remind everyone, it's not a, a pleasant conversation, but, you know, when we're thinking about our mortality and, you know, one of the things that was the impetus for this book was, you know, I, was, I had a, like a, a near-death experience, like in a, a car accident, and it made me think about legacy mm-hmm. and ask a new question. Like, I was like, wow, I'm gonna, I want to get this book out because shame on me if somebody's struggling and suffering the way I was, with distraction, with memory loss, with overload, overwhelm, not feeling good about themselves, and I didn't help them. So mm-hmm. I feel like what gets me on stage, even if I am an introvert and shy, is that I'm focusing on, on them, right? right? And Service, that's, my, yeah. that's my focus. But the regret people have when you're taking your final breaths at, at the end of our life, none of other people's opinions and expectations will matter. Mm-hmm. What will matter? None of our fears will matter. What will matter is how we lived, how we laughed, how we learned, mm-hmm. how we loved. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's really what's going to matter. And one of my mentors, Dr. Stephen Covey, another great book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm-hmm. People. One of the habits of the most highly effective people is begin with the end in mind, Mm. you know, and then the ultimate end is like when we're, you know, when we're passing. Because when you think about being in that box, that coffin, there's no room in there for possessions. And I'm all for people having toys and everything else like that. But there's not, you can't take that with you and in that coffin there's no room for regret Mm. you know one of the things i learned from jim carrey and i'm dropping a number of names and the reason why is because when you see their movies you see you know sonic hedgehog or or you watch another wills movie, it reminds you of the lessons it Mm. triggers so that's how human memory works i was spending the day with him and he was like, you know, Jim, I want to get really smart before filming Dumb and Dumber. I'm like, that's 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 ironic, but that's really, you know, to play sure. Dumb, you have to be really smart to do that, right? And so I spent the day with him at his home, and we take a brain break. It was a long
0: time ago. Yeah, it wow.
1: was. And we were at his home, we were taking a brain break, and we make all these brain foods during lunch. And I wanted to know motivation again. I wanted to get into this model about motivation, mm-hmm. because I'm always curious what drives people. And I found out, I was like, why do you do what you do? And he was like, Jim? like i act like a complete fool on camera so extreme because i want to give people watching permission to be themselves Mm. he's like my religion is to free people from the concern of others Mm. because that's what limits us and isn't that interesting how adults what keeps us limited Mm. are sometimes the expectation it puts us in a box right we don't want to look bad we don't want to make a mistake and yet children are really they have this limitless mentality Right, where they could do anything. You don't look at a child, you know, for people who have children, they're learning to walk or talk. How many times do they fall? Thousands. Hundreds, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And never after the 500th time they fall do they say, okay. It's I'm not just, for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to walk. That's not <laughs> right. right. But as adults, they take a Spanish lesson. Fall, one, fall once and we stop. Exactly. They take yeah. a salsa lesson. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this is not for me. Too much embarrassment. And I always encourage people to at least... I'm telling you, we have one life to be able to figure this out, Mm -hmm. so you try new things. The brain thrives on novelty, right? To build your brain cells, two things, just like your body, novelty and nutrition, and obviously rest and sleep. Novelty, you give it stimulus, you work it out, and then you give it nutrition to feed that muscle. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your mental muscles. To create neuroplasticity, right, all you need to give is novelty. You learn something new every single day, and then you feed it the right nutrition it, so it could build. But I would recommend everybody try something at least three times. If you feel called to it, I challenge everyone <clears throat> watching this and even post it on social media, tag us both because I'll repost yeah, yeah. our favorite. <laughs> try things three times. Number one, to get over the fear of it. Yes. Right? Number two, like, you know, karaoke or, you know, be doing stand-up or something that, just to get over the fear of it. Number two, just to get a little confident at it, mm-hmm. get, get, get good at it. And then try it a third time to see if you like it or not. Yeah. Because we don't really find our passions. like we have to put ourselves out there right. and give ourselves stimulus, just like with kids. you know we have a whole um, we have a bonus chapter on how to be limit, raise limitless children. but part of it is giving them enough opportunity by giving mm-hmm. them stimulus to see what they get drawn to and right. what they want to be able to develop. But my, my other thing with, with sleep is I just got obsessed about you know, like how do i honor my time and how do i say no so i can say yes to the the great things right mm-hmm. to great i'm going to recommend a lot of books right because <laughs> we have a book a week club because we teach you know this yes. the speed reading program one book <clears> a <throat> week will change your life 52 books a year Leaders leaders are readers, yeah. but yeah, good to great, say no to good so you can say yes to great. And again, I really feel like- You say yes to great by saying no to a lot of things. Uh, exactly, because Go here's ahead. the thing, especially for self-care. A lot of people think that self-care is limited to body work and meditation. Part of self-care and self-love is when you say no, and when you say yes to somebody or something, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. Mm-hmm. I really want this to sink in for people. That part of self care is when you say yes to somebody or something that you're not saying no to yourself. Right. Right. Part of self care is putting boundaries and borders on your time, mm. borders and boundaries on your heart, on your emotions, yeah. and everything. Because that it's so important. And part of self care is also self love. You talk about this so much, right? When you and I have have conversations about you know about your previous books and everything, mm. it's just you know, how can we fall in love with that person in the mirror who's mm-hmm. been through so much but is still standing, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like no external source of love is gonna match what your soul needs from yourself, Yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I, this is, I mean, I've I wanted to stop you nonstop for 20 minutes but it's all so good. I wanted to go back to uh, the choices we make. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we talk about choices, you talk about habits, mindset habits, yeah. physical habits in here with food, the way you think, all these different things. I really believe that habits allow us to make better choices automatically. As opposed to, should I make this choice today? Yes or no, should I make that choice? You know, every day we have the opportunity to make different decisions and habits keep us on the right path to making better decisions and choices every day. The mindset, and you know, you've got mindset, motivation and methods, which is your your whole uh, limitless mindset process. The mindset will keep you on the right path. The skills, for whatever reason, skills I think is one of the most important things. More than habits in a sense, because when you acquire new skills, you become bulletproof, limitless to any economic downturn, to any breakup in a relationship, to any career change. You become limitless when you have a tool belt of skills at your disposal. And it takes courage to create new skills and it takes learning how to learn to get a lot of skills because it takes time to master a skill if you yeah. don't know how to learn the right way. Yeah. And I've learned all the wrong ways over the years and found out for me that learning the right way is throwing myself in immersion of it. Yeah. Within three months, going all in physically, tangibly feeling it, emotionally connected to it, getting messy. For me, that's what works for me. And when you have the skill, you have it for life. You know, it's like you learn how to ride a bike, it might take you a few weeks, it might take you a month of falling a bunch of times. But I haven't been on a bike in years, but I know I can go back on it. Maybe I'm not as fast as I used to be, or maybe I don't have as much control or maneuverability, but I'm 80, 90% of the way there. Same thing with salsa dancing. I learned it, it took me three and a half months of misery, of embarrassment, of fear, anxiety, of stepping on girls' toes constantly, but now I can go anywhere in the world Not speak the language of the community, but I can speak the language of salsa, yeah. and I have it, and I have that skill set where I feel motivated to put myself out there. So, yeah. same thing with public speaking. You know, mm-hmm. when you mastered it, it's like now you can go into a room, and even if you're not prepared for the speech, yeah. you know you can do a pretty good job.
1: Yeah. Someone said, "Hey,
0: Jim, come up here and, and teach us something for 15 minutes." Yeah. You've got this skill set, yeah. and I think that gives us confidence. That gives us yeah. self belief with the more skills we have. And so how do we what's the process yeah. of then let's, learning how to master a new skill when it's challenging, when it's scary, when it's uncomfortable, when yeah. it's works exi- I'm excited to learn Spanish right now, yeah. but I've tried to learn for 20 years.
1: Yeah. I let, took let, 8 years of classes. Yeah. Oh, I okay. you know
0: I've traveled to different Spanish speaking countries. It's just like man, yeah. how do we learn how to learn something yeah. that we want but it's really challenging?
1: Let's deconstruct this. Yes. Okay? So this this is this is the key. So, you mentioned two interesting words with competence and confidence. Yes. And in psychology, there is a competence confidence loop. That the more competent and skilled you get at something, the more confident you get at it. Of course. And because you're more confident, you're more likely to do it and you get better at it and it gives you more confidence, right? Yes. And so, if I could play golf like Tiger Woods, I would be playing a lot more and I would get better. I'd be more confident of it. I remember um, years ago, I get a, a call on a Friday evening and I don't know the guy's voice, I didn't know to see the number, and you know, I recognize it, so I pick it up, and he was like, you gotta you got to help me, we have this mutual friend, and this, uh, my speaker tomorrow in New York City canceled because mm-hmm. of an emergency, and I, I need I need a speaker, please. And I'm like, well, this is not usually how, <laughs> yeah, you know. The night before. Exactly, this is usually like a six month in advance process, but the mutual friend was a very close friend, and I was like, um, you know, look, I." Maybe I could help you but what's the topic and he tells me what the topic is and I'm like I don't know anything about that topic. Why are you calling me? He was like well, he wrote a book. I'm like so he was like well, my friend says you're a speed reader (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like okay he's like well can you come a little early and i'll give you his book and then oh my you know, gosh and i was like i was like this is gonna completely crazy this, <laughs> is gonna, this, is gonna, this is i have to do this but this is gonna this is gonna cost you but this yeah. is gonna make a great story and what ended up happening was i show up at 10 o'clock <laughs> i read his book and i give the prep the keynote that afternoon and humbly it was the highest rated talk of the event wow and i don't I'll take credit for that because i've never you know had training in public speaking but when you understand how people learn you could you know, presented. And so I read the book. I remembered everything that I needed to say because I, t- I train a lot of TED speakers how to memorize their mm-hmm. speech. And I know how to be able to present it in a way that, that's interesting and, and, and also sticks with people. But I say that because that's what I mean about I don't have to, you know, just like Will Smith, I don't, I don't have to get ready. I, I stay ready. Yeah. And that's the power of skill development. And if there's one skill to master, it's our ability to learn. It's called meta learning. Mm-hmm. This book fundamentally was going to be called meta-learning, but people are like, oh, no, they're not going to buy it. If it has learning in you know, the title, right? And, um, but meta-learning is learning how to learn, mm-hmm. and that's a meta-skill. And it helps you to learn salsa or Spanish or anything else better. And so let's deconstruct how to do that confidently. The limit, we'll start with the limitless model. All right. So this book used to be a book completely on skill development, which was all methodology. It was everything that I teach about how to read three times faster, how to learn a language, how to remember names, how to do the things that, how to get to inbox zero, how to do the things that, how to be focused, concentrate, critical, think, solve problems, all mm-hmm. the important things that really is our life, right? But then when I finished it, you know, I talked to friends like you and, every, and everybody else, and I was like, this is a really good self-help book, but if somebody found it just on the street, they still, even they know what to do, they still wouldn't do it. Mm. Like how come you want to learn Spanish or something else and you put it off or it takes longer than you should because method is only one of the three parts. And so this is the limitless model. And I want everybody to think about a subject or some area of your life where you're feeling held back. It could be your relationship. It could be you're not making progress in your career. It could be maybe in your physical Mm. um, performance or wellness. Think about one area where you're stuck in a box Right? Now, box is like a cage, 3D box, and 3D is three dimensions. What keeps you in the box? Three forces, and these are the three M's. Okay. And I want everyone to draw a circle, and in that circle, we're going to draw a Venn diagram. You know what a Venn diagram is? Mm-hmm. It's three intersecting three circles. circles.
2: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format. You gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.
1: And the first circle is your mindset, three Ms. And I always alliterate everything because it helps you to be able to remember it better first one is your mindset now your mindset are your assumptions and your attitudes about something now let's break that down for me functionally what your mindset is about this subject i want people to make this very personal think about something an area you're held back this is what you believe is possible is your mindset it is what you believe you are capable of it is what you believe you deserve is your part of your mindset because mm. that's a big thing that's your thermostat right if somebody has a mindset of like I could teach someone the method of how to remember names, but their mindset is I'm stupid. I don't deserve to remember names. or right? I'm not capable I, of it. Exactly, or, or exactly, or I'm too old, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. That's their mindset. Brain doesn't work that way. Exactly. Then the method won't ha- won't take hold. It won't matter. Exactly. So this is this is the formula here. I. So literally... how do you learn? To be, how do you learn to believe that you yeah. are capable? So we'll go we'll go into this. Yeah. So that's, that's that's exactly what the book does. I take people through a new a process called Unlimiting. Mm. It's a word that I coined years ago. Unlimiting is different than unlimited. Unlimiting is like the process of removing limits. limiting beliefs. Exactly. Our behaviors mm-hmm. Or behaviors or our habits, right? So unlimiting is an active word where it's, you're redrawing the boundaries and borders of your life. Limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is about advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible. Mm. That's what this book is about. Mm-hmm. Now I apply that towards accelerated learning so you can learn your languages right. and you know give speeches without notes and all that stuff. But really it's a process of liberating yourself out of that box. Mm. So one of the dimensions that keep you in that box is your mindset, yep. right? And, uh, and we can go deep into how to change negative beliefs and everything. Okay. And I talk about the seven lies. Lies yeah. for me, again is an acronym lie is a limited idea entertained mm. because it's not true. It's not true that you don't deserve it. It's not necessarily true that you're stupid, but it's an idea we're giving energy to. Mm. We're entertaining that sure, idea sure. in that moment. And I show people how to unravel it in the three step process, but that's the mindset. Okay. All right now the second M you can have the greatest mindset and believe everything is possible. You're capable, you deserve it. But if you don't have the second M which is motivation, you're not getting out of that box. Right? In your career.
0: I believe I can do it, but I'm gonna sit here and eat chips on the couch. Exactly.
1: And so your motivation for me is your drive, Mm -hmm. it's your purpose, it's the vitality that you bring to something. Now, most people think motivation, they'll say motivation is a lie. And in some respects it is, because the way a lot of people perceive motivation is just rah, rah, get excited, get hyped up, and next day, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So my evidence, the evidence of motivation is something is happening. There's an action. There's a new action taking place. And if you're not doing that action, you're not motivated. No matter what you say, if you're not doing it, it's better well done than well said. Even like a lot of people on social media, they, they, they promise things, but prove it, right? Don't say it, show it, right? You t- take it to action. Because yeah. knowledge is not power, it's potential power. Applying it makes it powerful. So motivation for me is a three-step formula. And here's the formula. And I go deep in in this book, because there's a chapter on each, each part. The key to sustainable motivation, how to overcome procrastination, if you're putting things off, this is the key. It's this, P times E times S3. Now this is a formula for sustainable, not just a surge of motivation, right? We've all watched the Limitless movie where mm-hmm. he takes a pill and he can learn languages and, and read really fast and remember everything. and. And Dr. Mark Hyman, who wrote the, the foreword of the book, who's a mutual friend of both of ours, and I know he's been on your show, he says that there is no genius pill, but Jim gives you the process Ooh, for, for like a brighter it. brain, right? <laughs> like like it. it's the process and there's no side effects, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. But going back to this, you know, when he had a surge of motivation, but then when he, the pill wore off, it goes back to gone, okay. no motivation. But this is the key. There's no pill, there's a process. And these three things, P times E times S3, is sustainable for the rest of your life. Because I've, I've lived on no sleep for over a decade, yeah. right? My sleep has gotten much better since you know, of recent, you know, um, sure. just some some breakthroughs in, um, in medicine and everything else like that. But, you know, I had sustainable motivation. I was still doing all the conferences, still right. doing my podcast every week, still speaking and traveling and doing all this mm-hmm. stuff because I had these three things. Number 1, so the P stands for purpose. Now again, if you feel not motivated in any area of your life, pick now so you, some people could have motivation. Now some people are very motivated to sit on the couch and, and yeah. binge watch Netflix. They they are highly motivated yeah. to do that, right? But if you're if you're lacking motivation to work out consistently, and now here's the, the here's the, another lie, limited idea entertained is that you have to enjoy the activity, right? Like you know, it doesn't mean that you have to do that. Like I was having this conversation with, with uh, Tom Bilyeu, right? And he was like, I work out four o'clock, five o'clock every morning. I was like, do you enjoy it? He was like, no, I don't no. like working out at all. You know, but he's motivated, doesn't miss a day. So he has the motivation. So motivation doesn't mean you enjoy it. Like every morning I do my cold showers, mm-hmm. you know, like Wim Hof, yeah. right? it's no, not no, fun no. all
0: the time, but- Exactly.
1: <laughs> I hate, I grew up in the Northeast. I hate the cold, yeah. right? But I do my cold showers or my ice baths. You know, I, I post all the time on, on Instagram about doing Doing it mm-hmm. because I know I have a purpose, Yeah. right? So I don't enjoy it, okay. but the P in the formula is purpose. Reasons reap results. Mm-hmm. And if you get the reason, so even if I'm not you know, getting my sleep, I have a purpose. I have a reason to help people every single day. I want every single person that comes in contact with me, whether it's on my podcast or a video or a book, their brain is better off because yeah. of it, you okay. know? And so that's my reason and, and really, you know, you know my story like my first student three decades ago almost she read 30 books in 30 days Mm. and what was her purpose her mother was dying of terminal cancer Mm. two months to live 60 days and the book she was reading health wellness energy right wow. and she ended up saving her mom's life wow and that's when i realized that if knowledge is power learning is our superpower mm-hmm. and i dedicated my life to make that kind of difference yeah. and that's what that's what so i have my reasons to do something so i don't okay. have to pump myself up so p is purpose tap into your reasons and it can't be intellectual you know you have to feel it of course right and even you could even feel the pain like who's counting on you to do this activity you know, who's watching you, who's role modeling you, right? Who's counting on you to, to show up today? You know, it could be painful too, but if it gets you to move, that's what's important. Have that reason, the purpose. This E, now I, now here, my mind does this thought experiment, scientific experimentations, right? If somebody just has a reason, do they, are they always motivated? Are there any cases where they're not motivated? And I said, yes, mm. if they're lacking the E, energy. Mm-hmm. So somebody could have a reason to uh, work out or they could have a reason to read, you know, or learn Spanish. But if they're trying to do it late at night and they didn't sleep the way before or they had a big processed meal. It's hard to have the motivation. Exactly. And their food coma, they can't be motivated because they lack energy. energy. So in the book, I talk about 10 keys for brain energy. Mm-hmm. The 10 things that I do to light up my brain, and one of them is our brain foods. Yeah. Another one is optimizing your sleep. So I do a whole area wow. of what I've learned really moves the needle That's for maximizing cool. your sleep. Because how's your, how's your thought process if you don't sleep? How's Fog. your focus? Foggy. How's your memory? you know, how you're making good decisions, right? I I heard that that was the advice, you know, presidents give other presidents is like, get it, don't make a big decision. If you didn't get a good night's sleep, right? So I talk about sleep. So in the book in motivation, we do a whole section on finding your purpose, and even life purpose and passion, and a whole area on optimizing your energy. Mm -hmm. Now, you have energy to do it. I ask myself, Okay, you have a purpose for something, to work, to work out or whatever you have, or to the start this business, business yeah. you have the energy. Not in well. what case, if you're like doing this critical thinking, in what case won't you be motivated? You like, let's say you want to start a business or whatever. You're, you're just procrastinating on starting that business. Number one, you have the motivation, you really need it and you know why you have the energy because you're eating the right foods, you're maximizing your mm-hmm. sleep, you're with not energy vampires. Yes, there is S3 what the problem is is you're making it too big in your mind that Mm. will keep you from being motivated starting a business like where do you even start or getting getting that perfect relationship or having perfect health that's way way too big so what do you do small simple steps Mm -hmm. that's what keep will keep people unmotivated they could have the reasons and purpose they could have the energy unlimited energy but they don't know where to start and because they make it too big in their mind Mm. or and, and a confused mind doesn't do anything. Confused mind doesn't do anything. So clarity is power. I like that. So small, simple step. All you have to do is ask a magic question. What is the smallest action I could take where I can't fail? Mm. It allows me to give, give me some progress. But I can't fail. What's the yeah. smallest step? And I cite the work in here of the habit experts that you and I have interviewed, you know, Dr. BJ Foggs or mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the James Clears, mm-hmm. Atomic Habits, and really my take on how to make sustainable habits because what you do repeatedly becomes that habit. But it starts with a small, simple step. What's an example of that? I want people to read a book a week it will change their life i think if there's one thing people could that would change their life immediately long term it's just read every day Mm -hmm. reading is to your mind what exercises your body even more than audio and i my podcast and i do everything on audio i still encourage people to read because it activates a different part of your brain Mm -hmm. also um, and i listen to audios when i when i drive when i work out but when when people are tested in terms of what they read in terms of comprehension what they listen to reading the actual more and they'll understand more. You know why? Is not only does it activate a different part of your brain because it's active, because listening can be passive, like watching a movie or anything can be very passive. You don't have to get involved, but reading forces you to get involved. But the second reason why is because usually when someone's listening to something, they're doing something else Mm -hmm. and they're trying to multitask. They're cleaning their house, they're working out, they're driving. So their attention is not fully on what they're listening to. So that's why the comprehension is down. But reading every single day is a great activity. But I don't tell people, you know, read an hour a day, a small, simple step to get someone reading is read one sentence. Mm. That's a small, simple step. Open up the book. That's a small, simple step that you can't fail, right? right? And nobody's gonna stop at one sentence. You know, the example Dr. BJ Fogg talks about with tiny habits is, hey, we know flossing is good for your longevity. Just do one tooth. One tooth. And who's gonna stop at one tooth, right? So how do you break it down? And really motivation is energy management. It's really about energy management. Meaning, when you have clarity and purpose, it gives you energy, right? When you have energy, like if you activate you eat the right foods and everything else vitality, you have energy. And small, simple steps requires very little energy, requires very little effort output. And there's something in memory called the Zygarnik effect. It's by a psychologist, a woman who in Europe noticed that at the cafe she frequents, that the waitstaff would remember all the orders until they were delivered. And once they were delivered, forget they would it. forget it. And the Zygarnik effect, which is her last name, means that the mind doesn't like open loops. So like, oh, and, and, and all of the, the series on that you binge watch knows this, because at the end, they open up a loop. Yes. And you're like, one more, <clears throat> who does that? Like one more and you end up watching until like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., because it doesn't like the open loops. Well, starting something, like an order, remembering someone's order, and then it delivered, it closes the loop. Well, when you start something anywhere, it for your mind still keeps an open loop about it, so it's more likely to finish. And that's mm. another way to overcome procrastination, break it down into small, simple steps mm. where you can't fail. Yeah. That's the three-step formula. That's so I correct. do a chapter, so this is really three books in one. It's a, its whole book on mindset, mm-hmm. on how to eliminate negative self-talk, how to be able to get rid of negative beliefs that you don't deserve it, you're not capable of it, how, how to have optimization. So a chapter mm-hmm. On, on, mm-hmm. on purpose, a chapter on energy, a chapter yeah. on small, simple steps. And then I added a chapter on habits and flow because right. the ultimate state, and you've had Stephen Kotler and all mm-hmm. these amazing people on yeah. here um, talking about flow state is when you're in the zone where you lose flow states as you lose your sense of self you lose, it's effortless, time, yeah. and you lose your sense of time, and there's no motivation required because you're just and in the zone. You know yeah, that as an athlete, when you're in the zone or you're on stage and it's just coming yes. through you, right? We all have those moments. So we debunk and apply this method for a whole chapter on, on flow. And then finally, you could have the mindset and motivation and still be stuck in that box. Because again, let's say you're, you believe everything is possible and that's your mindset and you're capable and you deserve it and you're motivated but if you don't have the last M, which are the methods, mm. then you're stuck in that box. Okay. You could have be, believe that you deserve this income, you could, you could, you could, you could be motiv- motivation. motivation. Mm-hmm. but if you're doing the wrong things, mm-hmm. then you're not gonna get the result. If you're doing the wrong marketing tactics, yes. or if you're doing the wrong things in a relationship, right? if you're using bad advice. And in here, I document the example of learning, because we learned very poor, antiquated methods of learning in school. It was rote repetition. To learn something, repeat it 100 times in your mind. And the problem is it just takes a lot of time, and it's not the optimal way the brain learns. The human brain doesn't learn through consumption, it learns through creation, Mm. right? The human brain does not learn by consuming, it learns by creating. And so we also learned a bad habit, a method of reading, which was sub-vocalization. Sub-vocalization is, have you ever noticed when you're reading something, you hear that inner voice inside your head reading along with you? Yeah. Hopefully it's your own voice, it's not like somebody else's (laughs) voice. The reason why it keeps you reading slow is if you have to say all the words in this book, you can only read as fast as you could speak. Mm. That means your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, not your thinking speed.
0: How do you limit the conversation in your mind?
1: It's interesting, right? Because the question becomes, everybody reads about 200, 250 words per minute because that's how the average person talks. But do you have to say, the question becomes, do analyze it, common sense. Do you need to say all the words in order to understand what those words mean? Truth is, no. Like when you see a stop sign, you don't say to yourself, stop, but do you comprehend what that means? Of course. It's 95. A exactly. Yeah. And just like symbols in the book, periods, punctuation marks, you don't say question mark when you read no. or comma when you read. You know, so the and there because of, all those are sight words. And you don't have to pronounce them by sound. You pronounce it, you do them by sight. And the fastest readers mm. actually only subvocalize the more difficult words. Mm. And so I'm not saying you really I know so you just I, kind of
0: skip through and just go through. You them. go
1: you, you read all the words. No, you read all the words, mm. but you don't have to say all the words. And so that that subvocalization is my example of an old method, an antiquated method that will keep you in
0: that box of learning slow. So let me let me do an example. Here's yep. here's a sentence from your book mm-hmm. on part part two about mindset yeah and if i were to read this i would read it slowly just because that's how i'm used yeah. to it i would say and i already get nervous reading out loud from my childhood uh, <laughs> yeah. s- fears of, of you're not you're not stumbling you deeply held beliefs attitudes and assumptions we create about who we are how the world works what we are capable of and deserve and what is possible yeah mindset so let, let me let me show you how to actually so so
1: one example and um there's a link in my in my Instagram for a free masterclass on reading, like okay. a whole like 1 hour tutorial in real time. Here when people are reading, what I recommend is subvocalization. The key here is first acknowledge that it's there and don't try to fight it. Mm-hmm. Not don't try to not subvocalize because if you you know this from your study of the mind. You can't not do anything. You can't not think of a purple giraffe right. because you have seeing, to do yeah, it. Yeah. So the more you try not to say the words, the more you're going to do it. Plus, you're going to be talking to yourself. And, Am I really understanding this? And you're not going to understand it because you <laughs> right. have two things you going get on the at flow, once. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so the goal here is, when you when you read past a certain speed, 400, there's a sub threshold where you can't possibly talk any faster than that. Right. But you can understand it. Oh, perfect example. When you listen to your podcasts or audiobooks, like many people speed exactly. And one and a half, exactly. Yeah. And you can understand it, but you can't speak that fast. Right. So that's proof you could think that fast sure. but not understand it. And so here, one of the hacks that we teach in in the book is to use a visual pacer. Like when you use your finger while you read, most people think this is an old antiquated method. Mm. They say, don't do that because that will slow you down. But in actuality, I challenge everybody mm. to take that master class on that link. And what you'll find is test yourself, read without your finger and then read for another minute with your finger, count the number of lines, just underlining it, that second time will you be 25, faster. 50%
0: yeah. faster. And just kind of what, forcing your finger to go a little faster than you would
1: normally? You could or- actually go regular because what happens is you don't regress. A lot of people have another bad method, going back to limited methods, and we want to unlimit their methods mm. of regressing and back skipping. You know, have you ever found yourself rereading words or All rereading sentences? Some- 25% of our time could be wasted doing that. And that's a bad habit that we learned when we were kids. Why in do we do that? that? Why do
0: we repeat a sentence yeah, or a word? The same
1: reason why we self vocalize, because we were taught that. Remember back in school, we were taught, so public speaking, when we got in those circles and we had to pass around that book, and that book comes closer and closer and <laughs> the, closer. The
0: fear and anxiety just of ah right? calling my name. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And that's where I believe we learned that public speaking was something Scary. to be feared. Yeah. And that's where it was imprinted on us. And like some for some people. And it was good intention, but people can be sincere, teachers, but be sincerely wrong. Mm. And I got that. I couldn't even read at that time. So when I when that book came to me, I would just look at it and it would look uh, like hieroglyphics. Yeah. Exactly. And I would do that. <laughs> And I would, I would like cry, like yeah. it, it would be so embarrassing because everyone's looking at you and you have to perform. And that's where I think my fear of public speaking, why I wouldn't do the book report or speak on it and everything came from. But the other thing teachers had you do is once they know you could pronounce, and you had to say it out loud to make sure the teacher knows you're pronouncing it phonetically. right mm-hmm. um, But later on, your teacher taught you the limit with subvocalization because he or she said, all right, read quietly to yourself or read silently to yourself. And that's where you took that external voice, and you're like, in order to understand it, I have to hear it. If not outside, Mm. then inside. And it's been there ever since. So this book is about unlimiting those bad habits of learning, of rote memorization, of bad habits we make about decisions. Like, why why are people dating the same people or making the same financial mistakes and everything else? It's not insanity doing the same thing over and over again it's a bad memory mm. and we weren't taught decision making so like in the book i talk about four supervillains that hold us back and it's what really cuz i talk about superpowers yep four supervillains and i'll go back to the model and make this very like aha to everybody four supervillains that are holding you and your team back your children back your team back your employees back your spouse back number one and they're all driven by technology digital deluge digital deluge is this information overwhelm it's like do you feel nowadays like you can't keep up? It's like taking a sip of water out of a fire hose. Yeah. And here's the thing, people buy a book, but they don't read the book, right? It just sits on their shelf. <laughs> That's it becomes shelf help, not self-help, right? <laughs> and here's the That's thing, good. buying a book is a different skill set than reading the I'm book. I'm really good at buying books. Yeah, I'm and not people that are, good at reading excellent the books, book. I can right? buy books all day uh, long. Exactly, but reading is a different skill set, but digital deluge is a real medical condition. They call it information fatigue syndrome. Higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness, and this is happening if you own a business or you have managed a team. That four or five hours a day on estimate—do are we spending processing information? Just think about your team. How much do they have to process? A lot, right? That means half of their salary is being paid to process and learn and read. So if someone's being paid eighty thousand dollars, forty thousand is just to read something. Oh my god! So if I could double their reading speed, that's like that's a huge that's a huge amount of time. Like, if it normally takes four hours to read something and you read it in half the time, two hours, what's two hours of the course of a year? That's like on math. And we can't even do the math because that's another one of the digital challenges. um, But but that's two, that's even if you save one hour a day, 365 hours a year. 40 hour work weeks. How many 40 hour work weeks? Nine. Two months of productivity we get back wow. to saving one hour a day on something ubiquitous like wow. reading. That's why this book will help you read every other book okay. and save you time. That's so, amazing- digital, digital deluge. Yep. Number two, digital distraction. Mm. With every ring and ping and, and ding, every app notification, social media alert, it's training our distraction mm. muscles. And we are so good at being distracted. That's why so much of my morning routine that's, that people do, like something simple like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand right? Because it it engages the opposite side of your brain, which is good for making new connections, neuroplasticity, but it's also good for making you present. You have to focus, right? It forces you to be in the moment. So it's it's something you do every day that little things where you get novelty, where it focuses you to be here as opposed to about everything else, right? And how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So if you wake up first thing in the morning and touch your phone, I think we should have a to-do list. I think you're not to do list. Don't touch your phone. Yeah, yeah. don't touch your phone first yeah. hour of day. It rewires your brain to be distracted mm. and also it rewires your brain to be reactive. Mm-hmm. I can't stress this enough. When you pick up your phone the first hour of the day and a lot of people talk about this and we have videos. My video with Simon Sinek has 20 20- 8 million views on just this thing on Facebook. It literally just says, don't touch your phone because it rewires your brain to be distracted and reactive because you're fighting fires. You're on the defense. Like, why are you going to check your email and voicemail and takes you off tangent? And you're not even focusing on what's most important, like in terms of your win. Our friend Brendan Burchard says this exactly. And you're like, you you have a lot of quotes that you remember, but he says, your inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agenda for your life. Boom. Wow, Brendan Burchard. Your <laughs> inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agenda for your life. So don't, don't go on the defense. So don't yes. pick up your phone, because when you wake up, you're in this relaxed state of awareness. You're very suggestible. So you're training your distraction and your reaction. You have to be proactive. Wow. You want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer reacts to the environment, a thermometer sets the environment. Mm-hmm. So digital distraction, second. Third super villain that's driven by technology that's, that's you know, potentially holding you back, digital dementia. Mm-hmm. Digital dementia is where our, our phones become an external storage device. It keeps our to-do's, right? It keeps our phone How many phone numbers did you know growing still up? Still a lot growing up, yeah. Yeah. How many do you know
0: now? One. Like
1: Is there's one person <laughs> my own <laughs> is there somebody who can text and call all the time. I know my
0: mom's because I've had to like write it down exactly. as like emergency contact. Exactly. And, yeah.
1: But if you don't if you don't have your phone with you or you or the phone is battery's dead, you can't now here's the thing. Nobody wants to memorize 200 phone numbers. No. I don't want to do that. But isn't it concerning that we've lost the ability to remember one yeah. or a passcode or a conversation we just had? I believe two of the most costly or words name. in life. Yeah. In life our business, I forgot. Every time you say the words, I forgot, you lose credibility. You lose trust. You lose, you you don't show you care about the person Mm. you lose, you you lose a sale. I can't tell you how many clients come to me saying, look, I forgot. I called this person by the wrong name and he was so offended that he didn't do the deal with me. I lost a million dollar commission, like, like those kind of things. Right. And how are you going to show somebody you're going to care for their future, their finances, their health, their family, if you don't care enough, just to remember their name. Right? So we do 13, 14 tips on just how to remember oh. people's names. And we covered it in the previous yes. episode also yes. as well. Okay. So digital dementia yep. is where it's a real source. I mean, Dr. Daniel Amen has talked about it. Other people have talked about, don't be over reliant on technology to do everything. Memory is a muscle and it's use it or lose it. That's why I'm such an advocate for mental fitness. I remember I walked into the office one day, I picked up the phone first thing in the morning and a woman's voice was like, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm like, whoa, who's this? She was like, I found it she went through our, our online memory course mm-hmm. and she, she, she was given a family heirloom a necklace by her grandmother. It didn't go to her mother or her three sisters, it went to her and she hid it somewhere in her house. She forgot. She forgot oh and she thought gosh. for three years, she thought it was stolen. She felt so much guilt and she got so much shame from like her family, and she just you know, passed on for generations. And after going through this course, and, and she, she woke up at 2 a.m. in the morning, ran down two flights of stairs, went behind the boiler in her basement, pulls out this crevice, the necklace wow. and i was like i didn't teach you a method on how to find lost items in this program she was like i don't know what it is but my focus i'm just remembering this without even using a method it's just she was like thank you for giving me my brain back because she felt like her brain manger. was 20 wow. years younger because it was fit and that's what i'm talking about mental intelligence is very important yeah facts figures foreign languages you learn how to do that in the methods of the book Mental fitness and mental health—you mm. know—that's also very important. Yeah. Where if you're 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 physically fit, right? So so if you're going to go up Runyon Canyon or wherever, if somebody is not physically fit, they're going to have to use more effort, Struggling. more energy, because they're not trained. And so if if you're an athlete, you could train, you could help them as a coach in two ways. You could show them the strategies, like how to do a forehand or a backhand or hit a golf ball. And you can take them into the gym and optimize their fitness, mm-hmm. you know, their heart rate variability, their 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 foods and everything. Yeah. So get people mentally fit. Digital dementia. And finally, okay. the last one that we talk about in the book, digital deduction, right? I always iterate, d d d. So mm-hmm. digital deduction is where we our phones and our smart devices are doing the thinking for us mm. because it just it literally they, because it's just spoon feeding you. And I'm not just talking about fake news. I'm talking about algorithms that just give you everything but you don't have to think anymore and we've lost our thinking abilities to the point where you look at a menu and you're like i don't even know what to eat because normally an app tells me what to eat or what what to watch next or what to do everything they're seeing kids they have lower ability to uh, critical think critical thinking abilities analysis ability Mm -hmm. reasoning ability because of phones because our smart devices are making us stupid Mm. and so in the book to overcome these four digital supervillains. We teach for digital deluge, speed reading and study, like how to study anything. Whether you're a student or not, students, absolutely. Technical material will help you overcome digital deluge. Digital distraction, we have to do a whole chapter on focus and concentration. Mm. Literally, how to functionally improve focus. Digital uh, dementia, the biggest chapter in the book is memory training, like how to learn languages, how to remember names. And then finally, digital deduction, we do a whole uh, chapter on how to think clearly, how to make good decisions, how to really solve problems, step by step, how to solve problems, how to make good decisions. Mm. Because as we talked about, you know, your life is the C between the B and the D. How do you make those choices? Mm. Who taught you how to make choices, right? Like and how to see it from different angles. Right. And so we, we, we teach that to alleviate those so you can not only catch up, but you could actually get ahead. Mm. And that, that's really the goal.
0: I want to talk for like 5 more hours, but you guys just need to go get this book. Go get Limitless right now. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and un- unlock your exceptional life by Jim Quick. This is a resource that you're going to want to make sure you pick pick up. Buy like most of us are champions of buying books, but you want yeah. to take action on cuz that's how you're going to have to learn faster. And really uh, unlearn certain things so you can, or what do you call it, unlimiting? Unlimited, great memory, yeah. Unlimiting, unlimiting things so you all can become limitless.
1: Because here's the thing when you look at the model everyone drew out, when you look at mindset, motivation, and, and methods, where mindset crosses over with motivation, you have inspiration, mm-hmm. right? So there are books on mindset. Yes. One of my favorite books, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, right. there are books on motivation yep. and you know courses on motivation. Where they intersect, you have inspiration. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you three eyes: inspiration. Where you have mindset and methods crossover in the Venn diagram, you have the mindset, everything is capable and you deserve it, and you have the methods, you know what to do, so you have ideation, mm-hmm. but without the motivation, you're not gonna do it. Nice. And where you have motivation crossover with methods, you're motivated and you know what to do, but you're still in that box because you don't just because you don't know what's possible and you mm-hmm. don't even believe you deserve it maybe and then you're missing the mindset so where that crosses over you have implementation mm-hmm. right three eyes and where all three circles come together you have the fourth eye which is integration mm. integration that's the limitless state because wow. it is who you are you are limitless because you've unraveled yourself, you've liberated yourself out of that box because you have the right mindset, you have the sustainable motivation, and you know exactly the methods to get the results.
0: I don't know how you remember all this. I was like, is he gonna remember all the different parts of his Venn diagram, it's amazing. Yeah, and in the
1: book, actually, we have full like size, like diagrams, color, great, everything man. like that for it. And people, um, and we do something really special right now and you, I know you're a big proponent, and champion for this. Yes. We want people to get a real big experience. For so people that want to be able to listen to this, because um, it's not out on audio. But yeah. we made a ten-day program video series for literally one day on each of these aspects. Wow. And we do one day on speed reading, one day on changing your negative beliefs, and we gift it to you when you get the book. Where do they go to get the book to so get that? Limitlessbook.com limitlessbook.com and they'll have this program
0: on there and they'll they have
1: can... the, all the links to all the amazon and then you put the the, the receipt number in there and then you'll get Im- immediate access to what i call quick start how to be mentally limitless how to mm. unlock your limitless brain and okay. so we do one day and i coach you for 10 days so when the book shows up you're already speed reading you're already remembering wow. things you're already fixed your your mindset and you know yeah. you deserve all of that
0: Get this book for yourself, get it for at least three of your friends, some that you wanna see grow and improve in their lives, get this for them as well. Limitlessbook.com to get the bonuses and everything else you're gonna be talking mm-hmm. about there. This is gonna be a game changer for this year and many years to come, so make sure you get a few copies of this. I've been telling you to do this for years. Yes, I'm thank super you. glad you did because- No, I
1: even put you in the acknowledgements when I was saying I know, like, great, I was man. like, this. thank you so much, Lewis, because that everybody needs somebody. I, 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 my message to everybody is this: Everybody needs somebody to encourage them, mm-hmm. to challenge them, to support them, to ch- cheer them on. Yeah. And if you haven't found that person yet, I would say be that person for somebody else, Ooh, especially yeah. right now, and especially be that person for yourself. Yes. You know, I challenge everybody because I remember I said that learning it requires action. If you want to learn something, teach it to other people. Mm-hmm. I would challenge everybody to do this action step take a screenshot of this episode, or this video, or of your notes, tag Lewis, mm-hmm. tag myself, and post it on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and share your big aha. Uh-huh. Just one idea, one way. idea, and I will actually, I'll repost some of my favorites, of course. and I'll actually send the book out to, uh, just to, to someone, a signed copy oh, of awesome. the book, an advanced copy yeah, of the book, of course. just as a, as a thank you. But I would challenge you, if you want to learn something, The best way is to teach it. When you Mm. teach something, you get to learn it twice. Yeah.
0: My girlfriend is learning English right now. She's really good at English, but she's trying to master it. Yeah. I would say she's 70% of the way there. And so she just started teaching me Spanish, but she has to teach English as well to teach Spanish. Wow. So she's learning faster by teaching me Spanish, even though she's already fluent in it. She's learning English in the process. We
1: do a whole section in memory on how to remember vocabulary words and foreign language words. Wow. Using just even a simple tip, I we mean, go way way more in detail in the book, of visualization. We okay. tend to remember things better that we see than what we hear. Yes. So you're much better with faces than you are with names, right? Yes. You see somebody and you say, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. name. You yeah. never go to someone and say the opposite. <laughs> I, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. Right. There's a Chinese proverb that goes, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. Mm. What I do, I understand. Mm. What I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot it. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember. Going back to doing and practice, practice makes progress, right? Mm. Not perfect, but practice makes progress. But that visualization, sometimes you could hear it. And so, you know, with your girlfriend, you could say the words, but they might lose it. When you see it, it helps you to remember. She draws it it
0: all out on the big whiteboard. Exactly. And I
1: would say, even visualize it. Even like if you want to learn Spanish, like, you know, we we're talking about eggs before, whether sure. they're, it's a brain food or not. Right. Huevos. If you just use like a Pictionary method where you said, oh, I'm, I'm eight years old. How can, what does that sound like? Like Pictionary, you had to draw it out uh-huh. wave and O's. And so if you just imagine waves with O's in them and uh-huh. you're throwing eggs in them. Uh-huh. huevos. it creates a visualization. I like like that. Mariposa, like a butterfly. It sounds like me, Mary posing and what she's posing, imagine you're taking a picture and then all of a sudden a butterfly comes and carries Mary away. Wow. So quick things like that, and obviously we'll be way deeper yes. in the book, help you to be able to learn, even if you wanted to take English words and turn them into something. Mm-hmm. You know, sycophant, sick of ant, or supercilious, means arrogant, super silly ass, uh-huh. right? You make a picture, when you make stories like kids, you remember it because you of utilize course. your imagination yeah. and imagination, as Einstein said, is more powerful than knowledge even music we talk about music in the in the study section if you listen to classical music specifically from an era of a baroque music like oh. Handel, um, vivaldi when you listen to it in the background it actually puts you into an alpha state we talk about brainwave states in the book mm. and it actually helps you go into a meditative state where you learn the language faster uh, because your your critical mind goes aside television puts you into an alpha state meditation puts you in alpha state. And so have you ever tired to, to, to try to talk to somebody when they're watching television, sports or something, and they don't hear you because they're in that alpha <laughs> trance yeah, state. Zone. So you could actually listen to certain music, their breathing techniques put you in alpha state, visualization puts you in alpha state, and you could combine and stack them wow. to learn languages, English or any Spanish. I'm putting classical music else.
0: on, I'm breathing, I'm gonna do it all Space, now. Space
1: repetition that we talk about all in studies. Love this and it stuff, makes things man.
0: so much easier. I love this, man. Um, I'm gonna ask you uh, one final question. Sure. I don't know if I asked you this the last time, so I'll ask you now. It's called The Three Truths. Imagine you've written every book you want to write in the world. You've put out millions of pieces of content. You live till a thousand years old. But eventually, the brain's got to shut off. And you've got to go into the next world, whatever happens next. But you get to leave behind three things you know to be true from all the lessons you've learned that you would share with us. And this is all we would have to remember you by. Are yeah. uh, these three truths. What would yeah. you say... You would want to share with the world okay
1: i would start with responsibility um i tell the story when i took um stan lee to meet richard branson for dinner and we're in the car and they wanted to meet each other and i like to connect people and i asked stan i was like you know you've created some of the best the most amazing superheroes my heroes who's your favorite here's a spider-man right right now his so his was iron man And when he asked me who mine was, I said Spider-Man, because I I posted this picture on Instagram, I had a big Spider-Man tie. And when I said Spider-Man, he said, with great power comes...
0: Great responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, still, I had three brain injuries and, you know, I I reverse things a lot and I was like, you're right, with great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. When we take responsibility for something, we have great power to make things better. Mm. And a lot of people think responsibility is something that jails them. But if you don't take responsibility for something, then you can't fix anything. So when you take responsibility for your finances or the state of your relationship and you don't blame. When I talk about mistakes, you, know, you, we, don't make, you know, mis- we don't make mistakes. Mistakes don't make us. This, the idea here is, the second thing I would say is take responsibility so you can fix it. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would say is forget about the concerns of others, make, make your mistakes. Because here's the thing when you make a mistake, just you are not your mistakes and mistakes don't make you. Mm. The three keys for making a mistake, make them old. O, own that mistake. Don't blame other people, right? You know, apologize if you've hurt someone, you own it. Fix it if you can, right? You own it, you take responsibility. And then the L in old mistakes, learn from that mistake, right? You wanna make sure you learn from it because that's the point of making mistakes. There's no failure, there's only feedback. Mm -hmm. And feedback is the breakfast of superheroes, Mm. right? You know, and if failure's not an option, then neither is success. Yeah. Seth, Seth Godin said that. <laughs> failure's not an option, neither is success. Wow. And finally, the D and old, don't repeat it. Right? A lot of people, they don't, they, they, if they learn it, they'll repeat it, and they start doing the same mistakes over and over again. So I would say take responsibility so you can change things. Don't, um, don't be afraid of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Don't fear other people's opinions because they don't matter at the end, as we talked about. And when you're taking our final breaths, it's gonna be how you lived, loved, lived, learned. That's what matters. And then the, the third thing I would say, commit yourself to lifelong learning and mm-hmm. learn how to learn. The number one superpower, I believe, on the planet is uncovering, unlocking the human brain. It is the most powerful mm-hmm. tool that you have to fix your life and move forward and study meta-learning. And this book really is a book on learning how to learn anything. Yeah. You know. And so I would say those three things.
0: Will... Love it, man. I'm really grateful for you because... You've helped so many people just accelerate their life and learn things that are very challenging and hard for them. You've helped a lot of people um, just overcome the fear and anxiety around the struggles of their life. And I think the the challenges you've faced in your life have given you a superpower to do that for people. And the ability to ask your own self a certain question, right, of how can I make things better? How can I do these things? And listening to other people's questions. I think you said Will, Will Smith's was how do I make this moment even more magical because it's already a magical moment. You ask really good questions, and there was a question you asked me at my last book launch. I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember this. Let's let's test your memory. <laughs> if you did, maybe you, you might ask me a couple questions, but let's see if you remember one that you asked me. You were in the back of the room at, at uh, Wonderlust, okay, and you asked a question. Any chance you remember? Okay. I remember a lot of questions (laughs) that I ask you.
1: Like I ask you.
0: There was a specific question you remember. I'm not going to put you on the spot. No, no, no. I mean, I
1: remember remember a number of those questions. I asked you things like how you want to be remembered. Uh Uh-huh. You asked a bunch of questions, yeah. Yeah. Which one one are you? There was a question
0: you asked me that most people don't ask. And you asked it. And it really was like, you know what? More than your brain, I appreciate it. I appreciate your heart. Because you really come from a powerful place of love as well. Yeah and i want to acknowledge you for your heart because i think you've talked about the brain a lot, you talk about the mind, you talk about learning, memory, but you have a powerful heart and that's a superpower for you as well. You asked about my father. You said, "How's your father doing? Mm. Can you tell a story about your father?" because i mm. never really talked about it publicly until i started to, you know, write this book and then until my last book and then in the documentary i just had come out recently we show my father for the first time. No one really ever knew what he, what he was like. And so I want to acknowledge you for that question because mm. most people, you know, ask great questions, but you asked a meaningful question. And it was really powerful, and I still remember it to this day. Because you're the only one that asked about my father on the whole book tour that I had. Thank so I was really, really grateful for that. And, um, yeah, I acknowledge you for your heart, man. You've got a great heart, and your heart is more powerful than your brain, in my opinion, and that's saying a lot. So thank you for this book. Again, make sure you guys get the book, Limitless, um, I'm not sure if I asked you this the last time either, so I'll ask you the final question, which is, what is your definition of greatness? Wow. Um, okay.
1: I'm gonna iterate really fast because it's my my thing. Four G's to greatness, there you and go. I've learned a lot from you. <laughs> four four G's. Um, mm-hmm. Growth. Yeah. You know that that's a, if you don't grow, you're dying, and that's what meaning of life. You gotta give, mm-hmm. you know, and you 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 are your a giver, yep. and I appreciate you, everything, and even your coaching on, on just a lot of what we did around this book. And I call them grow givers. Put those two together. Mm. You grow, so you have more to give. Mm. Because if you're just, you know, go not go getting here, we're just taking, but yeah. you're just giving, but then you don't have enough to give. You martyr, but you grow, so you could give a grow giver. Yeah, that's Um good. And next next G for, first besides growing and giving, the next one I would say is grit. Mm. you know we go through hard times and difficult times that we're going through right now especially difficult times they could define us they could diminish us or they could develop us Mm -hmm. we decide we're in a cocoon right now like a butterfly and while the beauty is in the butterfly the growth happens in the cocoon Mm. and it's in this cocooning time when we could level up our skills our competencies our studies our discipline and get really really great and it's harder in there but grit gives you perseverance, you know, gives you our ability to handle difficulty, that adversity, like we talked about, my adversity was learning, you know, s- sleeping, public speaking, and they become my advantages. The things I was most ashamed of, Lewis, like, you know, coming to this country and, or being born, you know, you know, immigrants or not speaking the language or, you know, not, not be able to learn public, those are things I'm, I'm most proud of right now, yeah. so it's, it's an interesting that our struggles could be our strengths, mm-hmm. and if anyone's struggling right now, my heart's with you, and, um. I would say that people are watching, you know, you inspire people with your grit and grace and then finally the last G Besides growth and giving and grit gratitude Mm -hmm. and you talk about this in every episode practically, you know I would say that gratitude rewires your brain for positivity peace of mind and performance Gratitude this thought experiment try this What if the only things you had in your life tomorrow were the things you express gratitude for today? What if the only things you had in your life tomorrow wow. were the things you expressed gratitude for today? That if you truly want to feel wealthy even in dark times Just just make a list of all the things you have in your life that money can't buy Think about all the people think about your senses any part of your health, you know If you want to feel wealthy, that's what you focus on because gratitude, you know, that's greatness for me greatness is like I use the, the analogy of an egg that if an egg is broken by, we talk about eggs a bunch. <laughs> if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, it begins. It begins. Greatness begins from the inside. Wow. And you have greatness inside of you if you're listening to this right now. You have genius inside of you. Yeah. And now is the time to make that choice to let it out.
0: Boom, my man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Jim.